The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Great to have you with me. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. I'll get to my guest in just a moment, but let me give a big shout out. Thank you to my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you don't know them just yet, they are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. This week, we get to snuggle up for a conversation with Betty Coffey, and it should be a very energetic, lively discussion. She is a keynote speaker, trainer, and coach located here in Dallas. She helps companies create and sustain momentum to energize cultures, embrace change, and master the power of communication. She has quite a unique story to tell about how this all came to be, which we'll get to here shortly, but Betty, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be fun. I There is so much that I know that you have to share. You have quite an extensive background that you've engaged in over the years, built a lot of talents and skills over the years. But to get us started here, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background before you founded your current company? What's the narration of the general highlights? Sure, I'll be happy to. I've had a background starting over 30 years ago of customer service, sales, support, um, everything except technology. Um, I, re- I grew up in Denver, Colorado. And I have my MBA from the University of Colorado in marketing. And I started working over 30 years ago um, at a large uh, Fortune 500 company. Grew in the company, numerous management, leadership, director positions. And I worked with uh, big corporate, large Fortune 100, 500 companies. And I led teams as far as... um, uh, high-performance sales and customer service initiatives, uh, did, well, dealt a great deal in communicating with these big, big companies that were going through a lot of change, uh, a lot of trends, and it was all working with people. So I left that company about three years ago. I retired from that company, and I found that many of the things that I learned working those many years with those wonderful, wonderful companies, I can now apply to what I do as a speaker, trainer, and coach. Uh, Betty Coffee presents with communicating with horsepower. Okay, so um, for for a lot of our listeners who I think are probably listening to the show because they're thinking about, hmm, how can I take a, a, a long corporate career and do just what you said? Use the things I learned along the way and make them valuable to a consulting offer of my own. So can you just say a little bit about the kinds of things that you did, the kinds of projects? I mean, 30 years is a long time, but... Um, were you, I know you didn't do technology, but the kinds of projects mm-hmm. that you engaged in. 
Sure. Um, we worked, I worked for a company that worked with many, many different companies in a, every vertical market out there. Our largest markets were healthcare, financial, manufacturing, and service industries. Uh, this was a time over those 30 years where those companies were going through a lot of changes, a lot of transitions. They were melding into each other. They all had to work together. I worked with teams that um, really helped get our 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 organization working with theirs better, working with the contracts that were signed, and made sure that the whole transitions worked very, very well. A lot of project management, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different projects that were critical at the time and were pretty stressful. And I learned a lot from that. One of the things I remember us talking about when we got together on the phone to talk about you coming on the show that I recall is you you were getting ready to leave that company and your husband said something to you like, great, we're going to retire, we're going to go whatever, sit on the beach and play golf and whatever. And you said, um, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> about around 1997, um, at that time, I was uh, traveling almost every week, about 45 weeks a year. And I, my territory was everything from Mississippi on over to Honolulu. So a friend of mine um, had booked a vacation for us, and um, I thought we were going to go to Las Vegas or something. And no, she had, she had gone ahead and scheduled a four-day cattle drive herding Texas Longhorn on horseback. And that literally changed my life. Had you, have you, were, were you a horse person before? <laughs> no, no. I grew up in Colorado. I skied a lot, uh, played <laughs> golf, played tennis. Actually, I had never been on a horse before. I never rode a horse. I did own a pair of jeans, a hat, a bandana, boots. Never dated a cowboy or line dance. Um, I had never, I didn't know the back end from the front end of a horse. <laughs> okay. You know, inquiring minds want to know, tell us about this experience. What happened? <laughs> well, I was kind of shocked when I heard it was going to be a four-day cattle drive herding those Texas Longhorn on horseback. So I wasn't sure what to expect. What, what I ended up experiencing was four days of sleeping on the ground, saddle, being in the saddle for about 10 hours a day. And during those four days, I was never so sore, so dirty, so bruised in my whole life, and I absolutely loved it. Um, when I got back to Dallas after the cattle drive, I thought, okay, I'm going to buy a horse. I liked him. I enjoyed the ride. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy me a horse. Okay, so you did that. And yeah, I did. A big 1,600-pound, 16.3-hand-high Belgian draft quarter horse, and his name was Paxton. I was going to say, what was his name? Everybody remembers his name. <laughs> mine, was, mine was named Sugarfoot. Sugarfoot. <laughs> um, okay, so keep going. Tell us more about because okay. I want to hear how this whole thing uh, transformed. Now, I have some of the details from our, immediate, our original conversation, right. but I can't fill in all the blanks, and I okay. want our listeners to get every bit of it. Let me go ahead and give you a kind of a short narrative here. Um, I looked at that horse, that big 1,600-pound horse named Paxton, and I said, ooh, pretty horse. And he took one look at me and said, dumb blonde. And that's kind of how our relationship started. <laughs> I, I bought that horse, Elise, without having a halter, a lead, a saddle. I didn't have any pads, no brushes, no hoof picks, didn't own a bucket. Um, I had no idea what I had done, but I had me a big horse. So I was excited, and that lasted for about a couple days. Because over the next month, um, Paxton bucked me off of him five times. I bruised a couple ribs. Uh, gosh, because I had no idea how to cinch a saddle, I fell under the saddle about three times. I got weak. Paxton and I got kicked out of four different barns. 
Um, and a friend of mine said, Betty, get rid of that horse. He's too big. He's too ornery. He's too difficult. He's a bad horse. Fire him. <laughs> and I thought about that, at least for about a nanosecond. And I said, no. <clears throat> no, it's not about this animal. It's about me. Because I had not taken time to get to know that wonderful, wonderful animal, and I had shown him no respect. I had no idea what made him tick, what was important to him, what he liked, what scared him, what he liked to do. So um, I went back to the drawing board, and over the next couple months, I read every book I could, I watched videos, I listened to trainers, and I found out... From a very different perspective, I found out that that horse has been around 45 million years. He's incredibly adaptable, very, very diverse, that they have, horses have their own language. They're incredibly perceptive. They listen, tremendous emotional intelligence skills. Um, They are very, very honest creatures. There's no agenda. They give you honest feedback, no ulterior motives. They're absolutely incapable of lying. So that makes them very honest, open, authentic. And that's why he was able to show me everything I had done wrong. It's kind of interesting. A horse, um, they, they run in packs. They run in herds. And they've got to have a herd leader they can trust. So once I started to really show respect to him and that I was listening to him, things changed. And that's where I learned about horse fluence. And then I took that to what I've created in this program called Communicating with Horsepower. Okay, I got to chime in on a couple things. Um, sure. I love the fact that that Paxton, uh, yeah, Paxton, sh- you know, put you in your place, if you will, mm-hmm. and didn't to- tolerate your disrespect. Um, I can appreciate that. And when I first got my horse, Sugarfoot, years and years ago, I didn't know anything about them either. Either, and he let me know very quickly just who was in charge. And let's just narrow it down. It wasn't me. Um, <laughs> and he did. He became my best friend. And literally, he, he would literally follow me around. And it was a wonderful, close friendship. So I really agree with what you said about horses being very perceptive and the emotional intelligence and their ability to really sense, you know, BS, if you will. And I, I think that is incredible. And I wonder how many of our listeners are going to be able to really appreciate that connection, that what you've learned from this animal. So I'll be curious. I, I hope, hope listeners, please weigh in via, via Facebook or Twitter. I um, would love to hear your thoughts about that. Um, but from here, um, tell us a little, if you will. So we've learned a little bit about the backdrop here, and you began to realize that there was some there was some connection between what Paxton taught you and what you could learn about communication, et cetera. Um, what was your actual impetus to found your company? Why, why did you actually well, go ahead and take it forth to an offering? Yeah, it was amazing because that relationship, once I got out of Betty mode, okay, and I was really listening to that horse, all of a sudden... I started looking at communication differently. I started looking at listening and empathy and, and positive reinforcement very, very differently. He taught me how to look at that differently. And so I took some of those skills that I learned in working with that big 1,600-pound animal, and I started applying it to some of the teams I worked with. And those horsepower skills actually led to what I consider now human power. The last thing I want your listeners to think is that I'm an animal communicator or a horse whisperer. Very far (laughs) from it. No, no, no. But the lessons I learned are a different way of thinking, some of the things that I thought I knew all about. And I learned very, very differently, and it really made an impact. And that's what the Communicating with Horse programs do. It makes a different impact. It's a different way of thinking. Um, As an example, effective communication. 
horsepower skills that build human power. Effective communication, respect, integrity, trust, honesty, listening, translating messages, what people are really saying, not just with their mouth, but they're what they're really, really saying. Um, showing empathy, having emotional intelligence. Horses have the highest ability to show emotional intelligence without saying a word. He knows where I'm at. He knows if I'm a threat to him. He knows automatically just by the way I approach him, how I look, how, I, how, how fast I'm moving. And think about that when you're dealing with people, how you act around people. If you get real, real close into their space, they're not going to like it. They're going to back up. The first thing you do as soon as you see someone is you smile. Even though if you know it's going to be a tough conversation, you smile. You engage them. You let them know that it's all about them. I think, I think that's so incredible. Um, and positive reinforcement. Um, often I tell my, you know, every time Paxson did something right or we were getting along, good boy, good boy. And, of course, I gave him one of his favorite food groups, which was carrots. Um, and positive reinforcement. How often do we do that in our personal lives today? How often do we say, hey, I really appreciate what you did today? I really, if, if it wasn't for you, we could not have had as great an impact on that project. Thank you so much for your effort. So the, you know, the, the impact of positive reinforcement. The other thing is appreciate differences. Uh, Paxson was not human. I had to appreciate the fact that he was wound very, very differently. And I learned to really appreciate differences and diversity, with such a, which is such a key element in business today. Um, it makes all, all the difference in the world. And finally, what I like to call living with purpose, power, and passion, which we'll get into probably towards the end of the segment. But that's absolutely critical. And he teaches that to me, and I teach that to all of my audiences. So I have to go back up to, for just a second here, Betty, because I'm still mm-hmm. stuck on this idea of how you were so persistent in, in, with this horse. I mean, like all of your friends telling you, you know, you really got to junk this horse. And somehow there was something in you that persisted. And I'm really curious to see, obviously you were on some kind of a journey, obviously. Why do you think that you were able to keep going and keep at it when it was clear that he didn't want to have anything to do with you? Yeah, you really didn't. <laughs> I go out to the pasture with a bucket full of grain and say, come on, Paxton, here, Paxton. And he would lead me around for a couple hours before he would actually come with, come to me. So, I mean, there were a lot of opportunities, uh, especially when I get thrown off and bruised. There's nothing like being thrown off a, a galloping horse. Boy, that hurts. But there were, I did not want to give up. And I knew that this was going to be a phenomenal animal that I could learn a lot from. I didn't want to give up. And that's part of horsepower and the whole definition of horsepower. You don't give up. You don't give up. You keep pursuing even if you have to think differently, even if you have to approach a problem differently. You don't give up. And so that's what kept me with Paxton. And we've actually been <laughs> together now for 17 years. And he's worked with the Dallas Police Department. He's worked with the Houston Police Department. I mean, when I go on out there last weekend, I said, Paxton, he comes running to the fence to greet me. And that's, that's polar opposite of what we experienced many years ago. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, so, so what's your mission, Betty? What, what are you trying to accomplish with your clients and your speaking audiences? You said a little bit about what you do, what you talk about, but mm-hmm. what, is, what are you trying to actually engage or impart? Okay, what's my mission? What am I trying to accomplish? I truly believe 
both in my corporate life and in my personal, professional life now, that communication is the cornerstone in all relationships. Whether it's my personal, professional life, how well people influence and inspire others determines success. You can take that from a relationship with an animal to your family, to your community, to the organization that you work with, to your entire life. Uh, communication really, really makes a difference. It, it, and through this program, it made me think differently about communication. Everybody can talk about communication and, and think it's important what they're saying. But you have to go from communicating to truly, truly connecting. And that makes a difference, whether it's with a horse or whether it's with your child or whether it's with your husband or wife or your company or your client. You've got to connect. I really, really echo that, Betty. I, I can tell you that I emphasize the importance of communication when I'm doing organizational development via training or I'm doing individual executive coaching. I, I, I fundamentally believe, I've heard Brian Tracy say that he says that 80% of our success has to do with our ability to communicate effectively. And when you think about how people get stuck because they can't either, they can't paint the picture that gets, that enrolls people into their plan. So they, they can't, there's no strategic influence there. They can't get people right. excited about what they want to do, or they can't address and resolve conflict. And therefore they get stuck and they, you know, the stress is overwhelming and, and they can't be effective. And so there's just a, a myriad of things that I think when you talk about communication, how important it is. Yep. It, it's, it's tremendously important. I don't care if it's 1906 or 2016. Communication really makes a difference. And I'm talking about communication verbally, uh, body language, um, electronically, uh, our iPhones, our iPads, everything we do, everything we do, how we walk, how we talk, how we react to things. It's constantly communicating, and people pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Agreed. Agreed. And a um, perfect way for us to send us our listeners into our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Betty Coffey, who is a keynote speaker, trainer, and coach. Her focus is helping companies to create and sustain momentum to energize cultures, embrace change, and master the power of communication. We've been talking a bit about her early background and how she, how it is she got into the business that she's in today with her amazing experience with her, the horse. After the break, we're going to have a, more of a conversation about what it is that she's focused on, how she actually helps improve business needs with her offerings. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Hey, thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in at this time, my guest is Betty Coffey, who is specializing in helping companies create and sustain momentum to energize cultures, embrace change, and master the power of communication. She was inspired to chart this direction from a very unique experience she had working with horses some years ago, hence her emphasis on horsepower. She joins us today from Dallas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Picking up where we left off, Betty, we were talking a bit before the, the break about um, really how what you do addresses um, business needs, et cetera, and, and what you're trying to inspire in your audiences. So here, if we could talk more more in depth, I want I want to make sure that we give our listeners some real meat here about how what you do in the world of communication can address business requirements and needs. Sure. Um, I try to keep my topics and my research, which is pretty extensive, up to date. And I've really narrowed down some of the issues uh, of 2016 and beyond where businesses have the largest needs. Um, one of those is realizing that we are in an in a totally connection economy, it's critical that we build relationships and we create those connections, kind of similar to what I spoke with before the break. Um, it's critical that we don't lose clients. It's critical that we build relationships with new clients. And by relationship, I'm not just talking about, you know, calling them back for reorder time. I'm talking about getting to know them. I'm talking about truly, truly creating that connection with them. That's, that's very, very important. Um, the other thing that is very, very important, besides connecting with cu- clients and customers, is having liquid, what I like to call liquid leadership in a corporation. Um, that's where managers, leaders, executives need to change maybe from what they've done in the past, take a different perspective, think about it differently, and be much more liquid because that's what's going to have to be done to keep the workforce that's coming in, especially the millennials that are coming into the workforce. Um, That's one of my hottest topics. Another one is developing cultures to grow revenue. Culture is everything. A person knows if they want to stay with a company. They'll stay with the company uh, as long as they appreciate what they do. In fact, I I find this interesting. Um, How people feel about work profoundly influences how they will perform. Isn't that interesting? How they mm-hmm. feel about Agreed. what they do and the organization they're in, that directly affects how they will perform. Uh, another topic is utilizing strengths-based leadership. We're not all 
strong in everything. We're not all equal. And it's important not to, not to have someone who doesn't have the capabilities, the talents, the strengths in a wrong job. There's many people, many different ages, many different generations that can do different things beautifully. And the challenge to leadership today is to get those, right, those people in the right position doing the right jobs. And that's when it takes strengths-based leadership. Not only liquid, but strengths-based leadership. Um, and then, of course, embracing change and adapting effectively. That's critical. At no other time in business have we been required to both, from a company perspective and an employee perspective, change continually. How we did business, how we think, is, is the old way. We've got to be able to uh, be frosty, uh, to be agile, to have an open mind, to take the blinders off, and think differently about what we're doing. So it's a really a fun environment in 2016. Um, it's challenging, but I think when people really start getting into it and learning how to do it and, and using some of those horse those horsepower skills or horse fluid skills, um, great things can happen. And that's really what I'm centering on in 2016. Oh, my gosh. I have to weigh in on at least three things, Betty, at least. <laughs> um, let me start with the last one I was, I was thinking about as I, I was taking some notes here. Um, you said how people feel about the work they do in the organization they in directly affects their performance. And I completely agree, and here's why. And the work that I've done from my research around meaning and work in relation to identity is when, when the, the way people frame their work basically decides the meaning that, it, that they, they ascribe to it. So, for example, I've talked with people before who say, you know, I, I'm just a project manager and that's kind of how I see my work. I, can, I kind of keep everything kind of flowing, make sure there's no stop gaps. Somebody else could say, you know, my role is really, I'm, I am the stage director. I see myself as the one who orchestrates this whole plan. Without me, the whole thing fails. Same job, totally different perspectives. Dictates how they're going to perform and how they feel about their work. So I think that what you have there is, I, I can't not at all agree with, with that. I completely am behind you 100%. It's amazing. It is amazing. And, and leadership and companies, organizations need to understand, I think there was a, I think it was 2014, the Gallup poll that came out saying that um, the way that we were working is not working anymore. 70% of employees are disengaged at work. 74% of employees are experiencing a personal energy crisis. 69% of employees feel irritable, impatient, anxious, especially when the demand is high. 78% of employees can't concentrate on their task. They feel like they're being pulled in a lot of different directions. 73% 73% of employees feel ignored, overlooked, and that they don't think anybody's listening to them. And that only 28% of employees felt that their jobs gave them meaning, enjoyment, and purpose. That, that, that poll by Gallup was, I mean, I remember reading that and just fell off my chair, really, because I thought, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. So when people feel that they um, are making a major contribution that makes all the difference. I, I don't think there's any single factor that comes close to influencing people's job satisfa- satisfaction and likelihood to stay at an organization as much as a feeling that their work gives them a sense of purpose, gives them a sense of meaning, and they make a difference in that organization. Then they stick, and that's well, important. I- 
I completely agree, which is why my show is called Working on Purpose, and I showcase guests who are meaningfully connected to their work. Uh, I complete, I can't argue with that either. Um, <laughs> the other thing that you said that was really interesting to me, and I don't know that I've heard this phraseology before, but you mentioned the connection economy. And to me, that really connotes the extent to which relationships monetize or I should say, our, yes, relationships monetize the work that we do. So therefore, there there is a, a monetization element to connection. And I've never heard that phrase before, but that, that is powerful to me. Yeah, it, it's incredibly, it's so many, especially when I speak to service organizations, um, and they're so focused on how many calls we're taking a day, how many calls, you know, do we uh, fulfill? Um, how can we raise our, our statistics? How many? How many? How can we raise our percentages? And but very very little time and effort and direction is spent in really getting that relationship going, uh, really really communicating and listening to our clients that's on the other line of the on the other line of the phone, and really it makes a big big difference when you have that empathy that you can call them by name and ask them how their day is even if that time on that phone takes a little longer it makes mm-hmm. all the difference mm-hmm. really good uh, the third thing i wanted to talk about and i might get to what you want to say about cultures but the thing with the, the liquid leadership i love that phrase too mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if it relates to company culture at all but I, I i know that you've certainly been around a lot of company cultures and i i would be curious to know what what makes for an exceptional company culture and is it related to the liquid leadership concept it is it is very okay. very related um okay. I think one of the the most important things for a good company culture is employee engagement. Um, It's it's encouraging employees to get engaged. It's being honest, truthful. Now go back to the horse analogy here a little bit. It's being truthful. It's being honest. It's telling them, gee, our numbers didn't make it right now. Here's what we can do. How can you help us? What ideas do you have? There's so many leaders that make decisions without asking the thoughts from the people that are on the front line. And, and it's very, very different. The people on the front line really know what's happening, but the leadership doesn't. They're not there. They're not experiencing it. So when you have employees engaged, giving their input, giving their kind of like two cents into what's going on, um, that's incredible for a culture. Um, I, you cannot, the other thing is encouraging leadership over management. There's a big, big difference between leadership and management. Uh, it, it, you know, the way people, you've got to do this by this period of time, we've got to have you doing more with less people. Yes, that's the reality of today. It's true. But leaders roll up their sleeves. They actually get in there and work and engage and talk and listen to what's going on. And that, that is true leadership as it is evolving. The other thing I'm seeing in company cultures that are incredibly successful is um, um, here in Dallas, I'm not sure how many of your listeners are from Dallas, but we have the Dallas Morning News, of course. And every year, this this newspaper um, has a competition, if you will, of the top 100, excuse me, the top 100 companies to work for. And those companies are companies that engage their people, they introduce fun and games. You might think that's crazy, but it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I read that the average human attention span, I think this was by, from Microsoft, is now eight seconds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm paying attention to you for eight seconds, and I'm off. I'm gone. 
that fell from an average of 12 seconds in 2000. So in comparison, um, scientists measure the attention span of a goldfish at 9 seconds, and people are 8. Okay, <laughs> we're less than a goldfish. <laughs> Sad. Oh, wow. So, um, and, and what is attributed to that is, you know, it's, it's out there in the news. Studies have shown that smartphones and mobile devices contribute to that phenomena. But especially with the people coming in, the millennials, they want to feel engaged. They want to um, really be part of the organization. And you have to capture and retain their attention differently. And so those top 100 companies to work for, they were graded not by how large they were. They were not graded by how profitable they were. Their employees said, this is, the, this is the best company to work for, and this is why. And if you were to peruse that magazine that Dallas Morning News comes out with every year, it's because they're engaged. It's, it's because they're, they get their, their employees and their customers um, having fun and enjoying what they do. And remember, that goes back to what we talked about before, really enjoying what you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I certainly understand that. I, I know that, you know, I'm, in the work that I've done around meaning and work, there are people, some people really, really need to use their cognitive abilities to feel like that's their idea of fun. Mm-hmm. Others need to need to feel very, very, very connected socially to the people they work with. That's their fun. Um, others, you know, need to feel like they're kind of in charge and they're, they're, they're really um, achieving goals and that's their fun. But either way, no matter what, the operative word is fun for them. Whatever makes that for fun. That's right. Um, and I think that it's, it is so important. So the trick, of course, is trying to figure out how we can uniquely engage and activate those people. So I, I, I'm a big fan of engagement, too. So, of course, this is music to my ears, Miss Betty, of course. <laughs> um, well, so what are some of the, the mistakes that you see companies making with regard to their efforts to build a culture? What, what, what do they do wrong? They're too darn slow. They're too uh. darn immense in their culture that's been working for them the last 15, 20 years. They're not listening to the marketplace. They're not listening to their clients, their customers. They're not listening to their employees. I mean, that's kind of strong, but, it, but I really thought about that, and, and I really, truly believe that. Um, they're not flexible. They're not frosty. They're not adaptive to change. And whether you are a multi-million dollar, billion dollar organization or a little mom-and-pop organization or a person, an individual or whatever, you've got to adapt to change. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes companies make is not being able to be flexible enough and change the way they think. You can't say a, a company is a, is a very fluid or, you know, organism, and they have to change. It constantly has to change, especially now when you want to attract very, very talented people. Um, The millennials, I read just a few months ago that they are now, uh, they represent the largest segment in our population. They are now outnumbering uh, the baby boomers. And they are out there, the largest segment of people in in the organizations and going to be working and future leaders of tomorrow in addition to future buyers of product. Okay? So... Companies are struggling to with the concept that they, they have to keep those people or they have to encourage other millennials to work there. And to do that, 
millennials want to see a real clear vision of their growth and future in the, in the organization. Um, and too many companies don't do that. This is the time. This is truly the time for succession planning and for really giving challenging goals, working with people, and doing all those things we've been talking about as far as communicating, connecting. That's absolutely critical. And to me, the companies that I see not doing well, um, they're, not, they're not making those steps. So one of the things that I'm thinking about when I hear you talk about that, you say companies are just too slow. They're, they're clinging to the way they think they did things in the past, and that's really tripping them up. And I'm sure this varies wildly from different organizations, but what's too slow and what's a good amount of time to try to make some changes? <laughs> um, I guess it depends upon the, the market. I, it depends upon the type of company. But I think that every year, Absolutely every year, depending upon the type of... If you're a technology company, you ought to be changing all the time. It's very difficult if you're a healthcare company to make some of these changes, but they're absolutely critical. Uh, think about electronic uh, patient documents. Um, think about how all the hospitals are, are being required just here in Dallas to handle situations of Ebola or different situations come about. As banking, think about the banking industry and how many banks back in the 1990s and early 2000s were being, you know, scooped up. Uh, bank, banks were disappearing off the corners of, of blocks and a new name was emerging on the, on the marquee. You cannot change too fast. You have to be incredibly savvy. You have to be incredibly connected Feel what's going on in your marketplace um, and, and be ready to move and have the team ready to move with you. Mm-hmm. So the change management process is incredibly critical, of course. Yeah. 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 Well, when I when I because when I think about how 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 things can actually be iterative in in terms of how they evolve within an organization, I and mean, certainly both of us have had the chance to work with um, very dynamic organizations that have been very successful working in one way, but now find themselves needing to change because of market forces or other things, and it's it can be really difficult and challenging for organizations to get that and then have to to, to react to it, to respond to it. That's right. You know, one of the things I find is fantastic. I remember when I was hiring people. Oh, I wanted a person who could juggle a lot of balls in the air. I wanted a multitasker. Not anymore. Uh, what you're looking for now is mindfulness, the person who will concentrate on what needs to be done and do it effectively, efficiently, and correctly. That's what you're looking at. So you have to change the way you feel, the way you think. It's, it's a good mm. example. I think it's kind of a fun example. Mm-hmm. I love that word, mindfulness. And, and it's actually a, kind of a nice way to send our listeners on to a break here. Just a second. So listeners, be mindful during the break, will you? I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Betty Coffey, who is a keynote speaker, trainer, and coach. Her focus is on helping companies to create and sustain momentum, to energize cultures, embrace change, and master the power of communication. We've been talking a little bit about what she's learned about how organizations work with culture and change. After the break, we want to get into some of these the key things that maybe some takeaways she can give us to increase our communication effectiveness. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. I am Elise Cortez, your host. If you are just joining us, my guest is Betty Coffey, who specializes in helping companies create and sustain momentum to energize cultures, embrace change, and master the power of communication. She was inspired to chart this direction from a very unique experience she had working with horses some years ago, hence her emphasis on horsepower. She joins us today from Dallas. We were talking before the break about what makes for a great culture and some of the mistakes that organizations tend to do when they are when they're going about it. Um, for this last segment here, we really want to focus on giving our listeners some real good takeaways about how to in- improve their communication effectiveness, among other things. So to kick off this part of, of the show, I, you know what, we probably should, I guess, talk about what you mean by horsepower. I don't know if you mean that's energy, what that means, but what does that mean for you? Well, in the beginning of your show, Elise, I talked about Paxton and that 1,600-pound Belgian quarter horse cross draft horse, okay? Um, and a lot of people are saying, oh, that's horsepower. Well, you could think that that's horsepower. Um, I sometimes start off some of my presentations by looking at my audience and saying, what's under your hood? Mary, what's under your hood? John, what's under your hood? And they'll be looking at me saying, oh, my gosh, she's calling on me. <laughs> And then I'll put up a picture of a phenomenal sports car. And this is where I'm going to wake up some of your male listeners, I bet you. It's the Bugatti Veyron. It's a phenomenal car. It's one of the fastest cars on the road today. Okay? 
It goes 0 to 60 in 2.4 seconds. Top speed's about 280 miles per hour, but they like you to keep it at about 260 because after 260, it starts hydroplaning off the ground. (laughs) It will go through at least a full tank of gas in 12 minutes. It's built in sections like you would an airplane. Each tire on that car is about $3,000. The total price tag on the car, around $3 million. And I asked my audiences, whoa, is that horsepower? By the way, Horsepower in that car is 1,200 horsepower. So, is that truly horsepower? Is that the true meaning of horsepower? There's another statistical uh, analysis out there that, oh boy, I'm not a math whiz. But it's a chart, it's statistics, it's lots of algebra and stuff. And what it is, is one horsepower equals 33,000 foot-pounds per minute. Okay. One horsepower equals 33,000 pounds per minute. Is that horsepower? No. Horsepower is what each one of your listeners have under their hoods. Okay. The people, people have so much horsepower. Uh, They have so much power in what they can do and the effects that they can make. That is truly horsepower, and that's what I refer to as horsepower. Does that make sense? It does. So let me ask you this. I, what I think I heard you say then is an individual's horsepower is what really ignites them, what really gets them going. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Again, I can get behind that too. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. It's kind of like asking people, what gets you up in the morning? And why do you get up in the morning? Just to go to a job that you're going to put in 40, 60 hours a week for? Um, what gets you up in the morning? What gets you inspired? Do you know what it takes to get you going? Do you know what it takes to make you productive, to get you excited? You know, a couple things for me is music and exercise. I like those. Those get me going. Um, it gives me, it's a power source, okay, of energy. I have that, then I can go on and do what really matters and serve something, my company, my family, larger than my own self-interest. That's an example of horsepower. Horsepower is, is fueling yourself for high performance. Uh-huh. And I think fuel. the key there, right, is for people, people to fuel. know, Pardon? right? It, sorry about that. I, I think the key there is for people to know where their horsepower comes from, yeah. know what, it, what, what, what ignites their switch. I think that, that's really important. That's absolutely. And if we think about it, we take time out and we think about when, okay, this is, this, this is where we get into purpose. <laughs> if people sit back and they think about what they've done in the past and what jobs really, they really, truly enjoyed and what experiences they really, truly enjoyed, um, and what gave them purpose? In other words, purpose is, there's a saying, that purpose is the reason you journey, and passion is the fire that lights your way. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Passion is the reason you journey, and passion, pur- purpose is the reason you journey, and passion is a fire that lights your way. Mm. That's horsepower. I like horsepower it. Horsepower is passion. I like it. Horsepower is purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's not that, I don't know, Paxton wouldn't want to hear it. It's not that big old horse. So we're already coming close to the end of the show here. We've got a few more minutes here. I want to make sure and give our listeners a few key takeaways for maybe companies, organizations, individuals, some things that you know that you could pass on that would really make a difference in terms of their communication abilities, their culture. Probably the biggest takeaway 
It's, it's simple. It's listen. Just listening. There's a, uh, uh, there's a saying, ade partem alerum, and it means listen to the other side. Uh, if you have the ability to listen to people, have the ability to listen to yourself, have, have the ability to listen to the people that are in your life every day, then you will learn how to communicate effectively with them. It, it's, it's not what you had in mind. It's listening to what they had in mind. So it's listening more, talking less, fostering openness, and sharing ideas. Um, and always remembering to keep your communications positive, clear, gentle, precise, so that that collaboration continues. I like an analogy of they talk, I listen, we assess, we adjust. They talk, I listen, we assess, we adjust. That's mm. pretty powerful when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about with regard to when I think about how do we know that we've improved our communication effectiveness? So are there a couple of tips or any pearls of wisdom that you can help us understand? How can we evaluate whether we know we've actually improved? When there's true collaboration, when you don't have to continually ask, did you hear me? Are we on the same path here? <laughs> uh, are you listening? Um, when all of a sudden it's almost like talking in sync. It's like a well-oiled symphony. It's like a well-oiled machine. When everyone is using their strengths, everyone is working together, everyone trusts everybody else, um, there's honesty, there's trust, there's authenticity, and it's, it's, I hate to say a machine, but it's a well-oiled machine. It's a well-oiled river. It's a well-oiled process, uh, whether it's personal or professional. When you're not saying, gosh, are they not listening? Why don't they get me? That's when you know it's working. Mm-hmm. As, I, as you talk, Miss Betty, I think to myself, I'm trying to envision what that looks like in an organization. And a couple thoughts came to mind. One is just this, depending on the organization's culture and heartbeat, one is just this really steady, positive, hmm, it's a hum in an organization. Yeah. And then in one, another one, maybe that's maybe technology-based or something that's more fast-paced, it's, it's a buzz, yeah. Can you can yeah. you weigh and in on that, that about the energy to, piece? That, at least you've hit it on the head. That is what horsepower is all about. Okay. So close your eyes and think about a horse galloping in a circle in a round pen at a consistent rhythm. Okay. Or think about that car at a consistent rhythm running around that race course. Okay. Or think about what people can do. Horsepower is truly its sustained effort. Its focus. It's steadiness. It's work and consistency over time that produces great results. It's communication. It's listening. It's caring. It's respect. It's integrity. It's trust. And thinking differently, appreciating every moment, and never, ever, ever giving up. That's worth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I love about that, of course, is one of the things that I talk about when I when I work with engagement with organizations is that what we really are trying to do here, and I'd love your input on this, is we're really trying to be able to individually activate people on the level that is meaningful to them so that they can perform at their best in a way that deeply engages their talents and ideally develops them further along the way, allows them or encourages them to persist through challenges they would otherwise perhaps give up on and stick around the organization. Love it. It's what we also call, and I, this, I hope, hope I'll run through this very quickly. When you ride a horse, that big animal, 1,600-pound animal, could throw you, he could kill you. So when you're on that horse, you're concentrating on that horse. 
there's a saying, you ride every stride. You're, you're riding that horse with your feet, your calves, your, your, your thighs, your rear, your back, your arms, your mind. You are riding every stride. You're appreciating every, every moment. And so that's what I want your listeners to think about, that horsepower truly is living your life with purpose, power, and passion with others, communicating well, and being happy. Mm. Mm, that's intense. Is that what you mean by, you know, the deeper, more true meaning behind horsepower? Is that what you mean? Or is there something else, too, in addition yeah, to that? It's all about momentum. It's all okay. about momentum. And you have, our listeners have, the power right there in their hands. It's all about the momentum and what they put behind it. That's mm-hmm. horsepower. Mm. It goes back to kind of what you said before about connection, right? In order to be able to do that, to be able to ride the horse well, ride every stride, you really have to be connected on all those different levels that you were mentioning. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like um, uh, riding every stride. It's instead of trying to get more out of people from a business perspective, invest more in people. Uh, instead of building competency, build capacity. There's a lot of different ways you can look at horsepower. And so take it to heart, think about it, and apply it to other things. Mm-hmm. Well, in in closing here, I always like to try to give my guests the last word, if you will, Betty. So, you know, this show is really all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with the work they do. So what final pearls of wisdom do you have to pass on in maybe about a minute or so? My pearls of wisdom are simply that, as an analogy, I use the horse. As an analogy, as a metaphor, it's the things that I've learned in working with that magnificent animal. He's an animal, okay? He's not a person. I have full respect for that animal, but he's not a person. So my pearls of wisdom are, if you could take some of the things we've talked about today, communication, respect, listening, authenticity, positive reinforcement, paying attention to detail, uh, being able to change and reinvent yourself, understanding those differences, uh, and, and, and really focusing on purpose, power, and passion, that will make the difference. That's truly, and you'll be incredibly successful, very, very happy in your life. You'll be happy to get up in the morning. You will be fueling your high performance, and you will be healthier, happier, more focused, more purposeful, more successful. And that's really what I wish for every listener on this show. What a gift, Betty. Thank you. What a wonderful way to close this program. I, I appreciate so much that you took the time out for us. It's clear that you really thought about what you wanted to say, and I really appreciate that you've, you've given us some really terrific content in a short amount of time. So thank you for being on the show and being my guest. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. So if you want to learn more about Betty, you can visit her website. It's BettyCoffeePresents.com. Let me spell that for you. B-E-T-T-I-C-O-F. F-E-Y-P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S dot com. BettyCoffeePresents.com. Next week, if you want to learn more about really how you can transition from a corporate role into something on your own, which is kind of what Betty did as well, and I have as well, you will be talking with Kim Ortiz, who owns Kim Ortiz Photography, and she will help us understand just what it took for her to transition. She gives some fantastic tips to help you understand what does it take to actually grow a business, market it, develop it, and, and hone it in such a way that it can sustain you. So she had a few ideas here that we spoke about some time ago, and we did pre-record the show, so I know what these tips are. You're in for a real treat. 
when she thinks about the kind of work that she does here with regard to um, transitioning from she was in finance kind of roles and the HR roles and now is actually a professional photographer. It's quite a change. And I know that several of your listeners have told me in your messages that you really would like to like to make a change, but don't know how. So I think this show might just be for you. You know that I like to close the show in the same way each week. Um, I like to be able to see you come back each week, and several of you have dropped me that line. But since work is at least one-third of our lives, let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.